welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. We started a series called Parables on Perishables. What we're doing is we're looking at the stories that Jesus gave on perishable things, money, Money, just in case you didn't know, you can't take it with you when you leave this planet. Are everybody aware of that? It's perishable, but it's a resource that we can use to bless other people. And last week, Pastor Rick shared the beginning of the series. Did anybody enjoy that message um, from my dad? Give it up for him. Uh, thank you for sharing that on stewarding the resources that God gives us. Um, and, and so if you remember from Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about don't store up your treasures here on earth. Because money is perishable, store up riches in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. So money is temporary, but yet it has the ability to add eternal value. That can happen when we look at it as a tool, not a treasure. If we look at it as a servant, not a master, that's when money can be used to glorify God. Money is a resource, it's not the goal. So today we're looking at how do we invest our resources. The message is called the investment portfolio. Is anybody familiar with an investment portfolio, right? We're diversifying the different types of financial assets that we have to to keep our money, to grow our money so that it's available when we need it later on. Because money, it's not a contest at the end of your life to see who can end up with the most money at the end of your life. How can we use it to bless others? In order to look at that, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, in the parable of the ten minas. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there to Luke chapter 19. Uh, If you want to follow along with the sermon notes, we have those on the Church Center app or the YouVersion Bible app. You can find those sermon notes. I'm going to read this whole story And then we'll look at it little by little. Starting at verse 11, Luke 19 verse 11 says this. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minutes and said to them, Engage in business until I come. But his servants hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your minna has made 10 minas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your minna has made five minna. And he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your minna which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. 
He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servants. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? He said to those who stood by, take the minna from him, give it to the one who has the ten minas. They said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I know that was a long story to share, but we need to look through the whole, the entirety of the story before we slowly look through and pull out some things from this chapter. But I want to start with Jesus explains first why he's sharing this parable. The reason, if you look back at verse 11, it says, Jesus proceeded to tell a parable because, number one, he was near to Jerusalem, and because, number two, they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. These are the reasons Jesus is giving this parable at this time, because they were near Jerusalem. It meant there was expectations that Jesus was going to just about be saving them politically from the oppression of the Romans. They thought he was about to overthrow the Roman government and that immediately God's kingdom would come to earth. But Jesus is teaching them that we have to be careful. He says, keep investing, use your money because our perspective on time makes a difference in how we invest our finances. It is time that is used as a focus, as a lens to how we see money. How would you invest your money if you knew you only had one year left? Compare that to if you knew you had 10 years left. There'd probably be a pretty big difference, right? What if you knew you had 10 years left or you had 30 years left? You probably would invest your finances accordingly. Time. We have to be aware time-wise that we can't take money with us and we need to invest it here and now as we live this life stewarding what God has given us. Then he begins telling the story. After Jesus explains why, he tells a story of the 10 servants that each received one minna. If you're not familiar, one minna is similar to about three months worth of wage about 100 days or so of salary. Look at verse 13. It says, Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas, and he said to them, Engage in business until I come. He's not saying just to hold on to it for dear life. He says, Use this. Engage in business. Invest in your life until I come back. Jesus is telling us to involve ourselves in the business here on earth. We're going to look at two investments real quick today. The first one is physical investments. Those are concrete investments. That's engaging in business. The master says to his servants, engage in business. We have to be responsible to use our money wisely, to spend it responsibly. And as we do that, I want to point out something small in this passage, but I think it's a very important reminder. Look at verse 16. When the first one came back, he said, Lord, your minna has made ten minas more. 
your minna has made ten more. Both times, the first and the second servant, they said, your minna has made more. What God has given you, we need to remind, this is a subtle reminder that all that we have at the end of the day belongs to God. It is his money that he has entrusted to us. We are simply stewarding what he has given us. We are investing what at the end of the day belongs to God. Spending money wisely, it means this. Spending money wisely means living within your means. Spend within your means. What do you have? Don't say, I'll put it on the credit card and I'll pay it back in a few months. Don't do that. You're living outside of your means. What happens? What happens when what you thought was going to happen doesn't take place? What happens if you lose your job? You are now accumulating debt on interest on interest. Don't do that. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. You have a responsibility. Be careful with the money that God has given you. Stay as far away as possible from debt. I know that's not always 100% possible, but do your best to stay away from debt. Spend within your means. That means budgeting, categorizing your spending. Like, Matt, I didn't realize we're going to a TED Talk today. Is it okay if I'm practical for a minute here? I'll explain why in a minute. I read two books recently on finances. One was um, by Ramit Sethi. He said, I will teach you to be rich. Now, full disclosure, that he is not uh, a Christian author, so you have to be careful with some of those elements. Some of them are wise, and some of them don't line up with the Bible. We, we know we have to uh, be wise and, and, and digest the food, spit out the bones with some of this stuff, right? But there was also another uh, book called Beyond Blessed by Robert Morris, a pastor in Texas. But let me show you what, what Ramit says in his book. He says, one of the key differences between rich people and everyone else is that rich people plan before they need to plan. Have a plan now. Budget now. Don't start budgeting once there's an emergency and you're spiraling. There's a possibility you can stop that emergency if you planned ahead of time. We know there are different areas that we need to be willing to give, right? We, we, these, are, um, these are not uh, optional, some of these, right? We have to give to pay our mortgage or our rent or our utilities each month. We have to factor that in. But we also encourage here at the gathering, we believe in the tithe. We believe in giving 10% back to God what he has given to us. It's always really quiet when I say that. I won't talk more about tithe today. If you're interested, you can go. Uh, last year, we did a series on money on my mind. Believe, we believe in tithing. We believe you have to give to those fixed expenses. We believe it's important to save a percentage. Save an amount each month if you can. Why? Because there will be emergencies that take place. Something's going to happen with the car eventually. It's not going to run flawlessly for the rest of its life. There's a chance one of your kids is going to have to go to the hospital. They were out playing football and they twisted their ankle or something, right? These, these type of things take place. And I would encourage you to be aware of investing in the future. Maybe putting money in, in a 401k or a Roth IRA. And of course, beyond that, I'm not saying you can never spend anything in entertainment. You can have a, what they call a guilt-free spending amount, but you need to budget that out. Be aware of it because money is going to get spent whether you realize it and you monitor it or not. 
You're aware of that, right? Money is going to go out of your credit card, whether you realize it or not. There are, there are apps that are available because we struggle so poorly to keep track of our money. Money is going to go out. Can we budget it? Can we be aware of how we're spending our money, how we're investing our money? Because God wants to bless you. But if we're not wise stewards, why would he entrust us with more? If we're not wise with the physical investments, why would God entrust us with spiritual investments? It's our second point today is spiritual investments. If you remember when the master returned and the servant said, I have taken your minna and made 10 more, the master said this, verse 17, he said, well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little you shall have authority over 10 cities. Faithfulness with natural resources in this chapter, it led to authority. It didn't lead to more money. It led to authority. I believe it's because God does not give us money to build up money. He gives us money to build up our character. Can we be trusted with what God has given us so that we can have authority and what God has next. If, if we want to be a generous giver, we have to start with being a wise steward. Because if God gives to you and it stays there with you, how can it go to further his kingdom? We have to start with being a wise steward before we can be a generous giver. Robert Morris said it this way, all good stewards spend wisely, save diligently, and give generously. When we give generously, we are making a spiritual impact. We are taking a perishable thing in money, and when it is spent wisely, it can then be given generously to impact people's lives. I get excited when I think about if I give today, if I give to the Hope Center and She Dreams Again and LifeWise Academy, we know we are giving and sowing into ministries to help people out. It helps women getting delivered out of sex trafficking. It helps children becoming educated on the word of God. It's helping those who are in need and in a bind right now and giving them the hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we give not just to, to provide food, it's to provide life, to show people the love of Jesus that is in me. And I'm asking you, as we move up, as we work our way to December 3rd, would you right now be praying about what God may lay on your heart to give? Because we're going to give to local missions and ministries, but we're also going global. We're going to give to City of Refuge. It's, a, it's a, in Honduras place for orphans, children in need. We took a missions trip there earlier this year. We're going to give to Gary and Janice Dickinson as they are planting churches in Africa. We're going to give to uh, what's called Israel uh, Together for Israel so that we can help uh, those that are in Israel that are in need. How many think right now is a good time to get to Israel, right? They are in a lot of need. The Bible says very clearly to bless Israel. I don't want to be one of those people at the end of my life that was not blessing Israel, that was coming against God's people. We're also going to give and have uh, Pastor Dennis's Go Ye Bucket. 
If you're, if you're not familiar with that, what we do is we have a bucket, and when you give into that bucket, it gets separated out between 160 different countries and groups so that I can say, I'm going into all the world today. These should be exciting things to be part of. This is not, I have to give. Matt's asking me to give a few dollars. What we're doing is making an eternal impact that I'm hoping at the end of my life, I know my dad said this last, last week, but I'm hoping someone comes up to me in heaven and says, when you gave for that Bible translation into my language, I accepted Jesus because of your donation. When you gave to She Dreams Again, I, I was lost and I was stuck in trafficking and there were people to pull me out because of your donation. We're not giving to projects and things. We're giving to people eternal investments. Amen. That is why we give. And I want to share practically how we're giving to end this year. Last year, we looked at our budget. We looked at our general fund from what you had given throughout the year. We as a church wanted to give approximately 10% of that. So last year, we gave over $20,000 from our general fund from what you gave to missions. And then we came to you, we, we did an end of year giving, and we gave just shy of $60,000 away to local and global ministries. And this year I'm asking, yeah, you can give God praise for that, that's awesome. <laughs> praise God, thank you. And this year, if it's okay, I want to escalate things. I want to have faith as we give. We looked at our budget this year and your faithfulness in giving throughout the year. And we said, you know what, this year from our general fund, we're going to give away $45,000 away to missions. And you, some of you gave throughout the year. You gave to different missions groups. I think somewhere around $8,000 came in throughout this year. If I do the math right, that's about $53,000. I'm wondering, can we have faith to believe that we can hit by the end of this year $100,000 goes out from this church to bless the nation. Is that possible, church? Can we have faith? I don't want to just say things that are naturally possible. I want us to have supernatural faith that we can give so the rest of the world can be blessed. And it points, all points back the glory to Jesus. As we close, let me get back to the text one more time. We know in this parable that the, the master that Jesus is telling the story about is God. We're the servants that God has entrusted his money with. And when the master came to the one who had turned one minute into 10, he said, good servant, you will have authority over 10. And then the one who turned it into five, he said, you're gonna be over five cities. What happened to the third servant? It says in verse 20, then another came saying, Lord, here is your minna, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. When God comes to you and he asks you, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? Do you want to be able to say, here you go, here's your money back, God. I kept it just the way you left it. Or do you want to say, God, your money in my hand, it glorified you and it went out to all other people. It went to bless and impact the people around you. It blessed, I was able to invest in my future, in my family, in my children, but I also wanted to bless your family, God. And I bless people with spiritual investments. We have to steward well so we can give generously. I won't show the, the next scripture, but let's just say the master has some sharp words for that third servant. But if you notice, when he gave those sharp words, he was condemning him not because he compared him to the other servants. 
Notice when, when he went to the first servant who made it into 10, and then he went to the second servant who turned it into five, he didn't say, why weren't you more like the guy who made it into 10? He wasn't upset at him for that. He was upset because he didn't even put it in the bank to gain interest. He cared so little about what God had given him. Maybe he just wanted more. Maybe he wanted to receive more from the master. The point is, are we willing to be faithful with the little that he's given us. I know we talk about dollar figures and amounts and all those things, and that is good. But you know, more importantly than the amount, God cares about your affection for him. That's the biggest thing. Dad shared the story last week of the widow with two mites. She essentially put pennies into the offering, and Jesus said she's actually given more than everyone else who gave larger amounts, but their heart was nowhere connected to it. If we're not careful, yeah, we can give an amount, but our heart's not in it. We don't even feel it. We don't even think about it. And I want to be aware, I understand we're all in different financial statuses, economic statuses. I want to be conscious of that, of course. But you can put, put this into practice no matter where you are in life. Maybe it means saying, hey, I don't have a whole lot, God, but guess what I do have? I can cancel my Netflix subscription for a month and I can give that money to you. I, I, can, I always go to coffee on Saturdays. I can take a Saturday off and say, hey, I'll give those five or $35, whatever it costs for coffee now, and I'll give that to you. <laughs> I'm willing to make a sacrifice because what? It's about the heart more than the amount. And today, as we, we close, I want to close with a very, uh, I would say, unique ending. If Brent, if you could come up and play as we close. We're talking about budgeting, knowing where your money goes being wise in your stewardship so that you can be generous to bless others. And you might say, Matt, right now, I, I'm barely living within my means. I barely have enough to make ends meet. I understand some of us have been blessed with a great hand. Some of us have been dealt a very poor hand. The odds have been against you. I understand that. So before we get to December 3rd, when we're talking about giving today, I want to resource you as we close. There's a resource available called Financial Peace University. Maybe you've heard that before. It's, it's ran by Dave Ramsey, Christian author, speaker, does an excellent job of helping people get their finances in a good place by godly principles. Shanna and I went through this at the beginning of our marriage. We went through it with other couples. It helped set us up for success. There's a principle in there called the debt snowball, if you're familiar with that, right? It's a brilliant way to learn. I've got debt, I don't know how to get out of it. It teaches you, it gives you step by step, how can I narrow down this debt and be able to budget my, my finances correctly? So before we get to giving generously, I'm gonna put up, I think we have it on the screen. If you text to this number here and you put financial peace in your name, we will bless you with this resource. I think it's about $80 for this resource. We're gonna, if we can keep this up after service for the rest of the time, anytime today, if you text this number, we will bless you with this resource. We wanna be part of you growing in your finances. And if you say, Matt, I've been blessed and I wanna bless someone else, I'll text that number and say, I'll give so someone else can learn and grow. We had a couple people do that in the first service. There are already funds becoming available for you to grow in your finances. I feel like it would be, we'd be missing the mark if we talked about giving and giving and we didn't 
fundraising and resource you to be ready to use your money wisely. Would you stand as we close today? I wanna share one last scripture verse and then go back to that slide, please. I wanna end with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There's a responsibility for those that are rich to do good, to give generously. And I want to give you some perspective on where you are in life. No matter where you are, you are rich. Compare yourself to the rest of the world population, you're rich. And we have to learn how to live within our means, to spend wisely, save diligently, give generously in order to bless the kingdom of God. Let me pray for you as we close. God, I thank you for this morning and this time to get together. I pray a blessing right now over finances. I pray for favor at workplaces. I pray that each one of us would look at our work as our worship, as an honor to get to serve you with all of our life. I pray for those that are in need of this resource that you would bless them, that they would walk in this stewardship. You've given to us for a reason. Help us to come alongside our brothers and sisters that need our help. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.